Ladies, here is Lenore Zan, a.k.a. Rogue. It's Cal Dodd here, voice of Wolverine from X-Men, the animated series, Bub. I want you to join me at The Uncanny Experience, the ultimate destination for X-Men fans just like you. Where you will become a mutant student at Xavier's. And be able to explore the school campus, shop the vendor hall, and meet the creators and stars of the X-Men universe. There'll be panels, parties, immersive activities all throughout the historic mansion. Whether you're a fan of the comics or the movies or the animated series, you'll find something to love. This is Chris Claremont. I'm looking forward to seeing you all at the Uncanny Experience. It's going to be one hell of a ride, Bob. I bet it will be uncanny. Get your tickets now, sugar, at the uncannyexperience.com. You are now in session with the Comic Book Couples Counseling Podcast. I'm Lisa Gullickson. I'm Brad Gullickson. And each month we evaluate a different iconic romance within the four color realm. In this episode, we're drawing squiggles and dodging heebie chibis, talking to Julian Stansakai about all things Usagi Yojimbo and their new imprint, Dogu, with Dark Horse Comics. How lucky are we, Stan and Julie, on the podcast? Stan again! That's right. Link in the show notes to our Samurai Rabbit conversation. But I thought that that was like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of conversation, right? I just didn't see Stan wanting to come back (laughs) to our podcast. But, whoa, here he is! And he's like, how about Julie join us? And we were like, uh, yeah! Yes! And they were like... Great, we need some couples counseling. And I was like, ooh, joke's on you. You're here to counsel us. Yeah, and that worked out really well because as you'll hear in this conversation, their marriage is way more stable than our marriage. We are way closer <laughs> to the rocks than they are. Uh, yeah, so it, we're, we're honored to have a Stan and Julie on the podcast to do a proper counseling session with us. Yeah, love seat mode. And it really is the perfect way to close out our San Diego Comic-Con celebrations. Hopefully you were there on Thursday when we dropped our conversation with Paul Cornell talking about Khan and An from Ahoy Comics. On Friday, we chatted with Adrian Tomini about shortcomings and the new adaptation coming out from director Randall Park. On Saturday, we talked to Chris Condon and Jacob Phillips. Hopefully we did, because we actually haven't <laughs> had that conversation yet. We haven't done that intro and outro. Who nope, knows what we nope, said? Nope, but that's the plan, that that episode exists and it's in the show notes of this episode and yeah we're closing out with stan and julie san diego comic-con 2023 is over but not for you listening because even next week our podcast will focus on the in-person conversations that we had at the show and uh even though we've had them Hopefully, I'm using hopefully a lot (laughs) in all these intros and outros. Even though we've had them, hopefully, I'm still not comfortable saying exactly who they are. But I do know that we will have some 
interviews. I just don't want to say who the specifics are, but they are if they happen, guys. Oh, my God, it's going to be so good. And we don't want you to be heartbroken. We might be heartbroken, but we're sparing you. But we're it's really, really cool, people. We're very excited. Sundays at San Diego are some of my favorite days. Mm. The convention is winding down a little bit. People are both eager and sad to see it all come to a close. Some of those booths are doing some deep discounts, and we're just filling our backpacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of exclusives to pick up, but by Sunday, they probably are not available. So it's time to dive into those dollar and two dollar bins on the show floor. One of our annual Sunday Comic-Con traditions is to gather with our Comic-Con friends, the ones who have been doing this with us for the last 11 years, and we select a come down movie. Mm -hmm. Like we go out to the theater that night after the show has wrapped up and they've locked the gates and they've pushed us out and they shut the lights off on us. And we find a film where we can all just kind of relax. Last year we saw, nope, kind of difficult to relax <laughs> with nope. Although since we are being honest on our podcast, we're always honest on our podcast. I actually did fall asleep. Yeah, during you nope. caught some Z's. <laughs> Brian caught some Z's. And there was Lisa clutching my the arms of my yeah. theater seat, riveted and terrified. So today we have two choices. This is an epic weekend at the box office. We can go see Oppenheimer or we can go see Barbie, which is the movie that is going to be the most relaxing coming out of Comic-Con, Lisa. Uh, my fingers are crossed that it's Barbie. <laughs> yes, it is Barbie. I like. I think we've already discussed it's going to be Barbie. We're doing Barbie on Sunday because you can't close out Comic-Con with Oppenheimer. But sometimes you just have to see what's playing That's at the true theater. Too. That's true, like, too. <laughs> like the year we saw Valerian. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, or the Minions movie. I don't regret... Okay. I don't... Okay. I don't <laughs> regret seeing Valerian because it's a comic book movie. We support comic book movies. Minions, we were really scraping the bottom of the barrel. But I gotta say, like, I had a good time watching Minions coming out of Comic-Con. You know, like, sometimes you just gotta, like, enjoy some uh, yellow pill-shaped uh, gibberish spouting weirdos and I you know honestly I can't remember anything about that film so hopefully Barbie <laughs> will be more memorable but there's that word again Lisa that I keep using hopefully you maybe know. I gotta live in that future with you where it's just all working out great one of the tenants of the comic book couples counseling podcast expectation is the enemy of a good time that's a fact that's a fact but i i do have a lot of expectations about barbie and oppenheimer though <laughs> yeah me too me too uh so yes uh i would like to know from you the listener if you're going to the theater and you are seeing uh, a movie are you seeing barbie first or oppenheimer first or neither or both uh, tweet at us or now blue sky at us and threads at us or Facebook us or Instagram at us at CBCC podcast. If you are like us at San Diego Comic-Con on Sunday, then you have most definitely noticed the Sakai presence yes. on the exhibit hall floor. Cause this year we're not getting one, not two, but three tables worth of Usagi Yojimbo goodness. It is a Sakai superstore. And they have a ton of exclusives this year. As we already knew, we're getting a new Usagi Yojimbo series under the banner of Dark Horse Comics. It's back at Dark Horse, Snow and Ice number one. And at San Diego Comic-Con, they are doing a retro artisan edition 
similar to what they did with the Dr. Werewen miniseries, where it was a black and white copy. And I like, I, but you know, I'm open to color in the Usagi Yojimbo universe, but I began reading those comics in black and white. I still prefer them in black and white. So when we get a retro artisan edition like this one in black and white, I'm a little extra happy. And we're also getting a black and white edition of the NECA Space Usagi figure, and it will be available at stansakai.com, but at Comic-Con, they had it on their booth. And then there is a really interesting collaboration that I was not expecting. There will be another variant edition of Usagi Yojimbo number one, Snow and Ice. This one with a variant cover from King Saldine. And next to Usagi Yojimbo on that cover is his character, JP Moneybear. I had never heard of King Saldine. I've done a quick Goog. I think this collaboration indicates the expansion that Dogu Publishing is doing with their imprint. They are not just going to publish Usagi Yojimbo comics, although they are going to do that, and there's going to be spin-offs left and right, Space Usagi, right? We're going to get a new one-shot. I won't spoil it because Stan talks about it in the conversation towards the end. But we're also going to get different artists working under that banner as well. And that's just something that's never really happened before with Stan Sakai's comics. And the family is the driving force behind Dogu, not just Stan. Julie, Daniel, Emmy, this is a Sakai industry. An industry that started with Chibi Usagi, Attack of the Hebe Chibis, an all-ages comic featuring the beloved characters of Stan Sakai, drawn in the chibi style by Julie Sakai, contract negotiated by Julie's son, Daniel, and colored by Julie's daughter, Emmy. And it's just really this beautiful collaboration of love, and it's just so beautiful. I am, as you know, a sentimental fool, and when I saw on the cover of this book, the Just Sakai signature, the combined signature of Julie and Stan, I thought it was just the sweetest, most beautiful thing. And it took me right back to talking about our love expert, Esther Perel, and how when two people come together in a partnership, be it romantic, be it marital, be it creative, it creates this third identity. And the fact that they dignified, they, um, what am I trying to say? They marked this partnership, this third identity with its own signature. I just thought so beautiful. And when you open up that edition of Chibi Usagi, the IDW edition, and fingers crossed, I hope we get a new edition of it with more Chibi Usagi stories. Eh, we probe Stan and Julie on that a little bit. They give us some answers, but maybe not so many answers. But when you open up that edition and you look at that dedication, Lisa, can you read that dedication uh, uh, into the mic? I would love to. This project was a collaboration of our family. Daniel negotiated the contract. Emmy did the beautiful coloring and design work. Julie and Stan wrote and did the art. This could not have happened without the love, encouragement, and respect we have for one another. We dedicate this book to you, our readers, with much thankfulness and gratitude. May this book inspire you to collaborate, connect, 
and create. We're having a Virginia storm. I wonder if the listeners can hear it. <laughs> uh, it is really raging out there. But I love that dedication, especially in the context of Dogu Publishing. Chibi Usagi, that trade paperback, really does feel like the beginning of where Stan and Julie are now with their imprint. And it just so happens to feature a Dogu, a little clay individual who finds themselves shattered and dissolved on the banks of a river where Chibi Usagi, Chibi Tomoe, and Chibi Gen are fishing for their unagi for their dinner. And they take time out of their day to fix this little man with clay from the river and then go to his home village that is being terrorized by the king salamander. And the Dogu artifact is a very mysterious thing. We don't actually know what the Dogu were. In Japanese culture. Right. It allows... Stan and Julie to create their new, like a new metaphor around the being and around what they're doing with their publishing imprint. And Chibi Usagi was a book that I really thought was super cute and adorable. And it's got fantastic art. It's got this wonderful message, as Lisa's saying. Uh, But because it's not necessarily a core story within the Usagi Yojimbo timeline, I didn't necessarily think of it in conversation with the books that I obsess over constantly. But revisiting it this time and really appreciating how it was put together, the story it's being told and the mythology that it is exploring, and then adding it to this idea of collaboration that Stan and Julie are now doing with their Dogo publishing imprint, I feel like Chibi Usagi is an essential entry Mm -hmm. within the Usagi Yojimbo saga. Like this is a book that all Usagi Yojimbo fans need to revisit and reconsider. And if you had continued reading all the way through the back matter, Brad, to the second story, Attack of the Teeny Titans. I definitely did. (laughs) There we see our Miyamoto Usagi tangling with a Tengu and then knocking his head and falling into the parallel universe that is the chibi universe. Right, 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 right. So we have a multiverse situation here. We have an Usagi-verse. Yes. And we, of course, bring that up with Stan and Julie. And Stan is like, as long as I get to just keep doing the comic that I want to do, I don't care what anybody else does. I love how fanish we are and how Stan and Julie are very warm and accepting of that, but they they dismiss it pretty quickly, Mm -hmm. right? And and, uh, we as fans at multiple points in this conversation we try to, you know, get some scoops. There's a moment where I talk about a certain character that recently appeared in the latest issue of Where When, or uh, the latest issue as of this recording, which was issue number four. And I I say who that character is, and Stan's like, oh, don't, don't spoil that. Don't spoil mm-hmm. that character. And so what you'll hear is when that moment happens, if you are concerned about spoilers regarding Where When, I will interrupt the chat with a spoiler warning so you can skip ahead five seconds. Yeah. Uh, So don't worry about that. But what I really wanted to know, why does that character return? And the answer that Stan gives is not necessarily the answer that either of us were Mm. expecting. And 
I just think it indicates who Stan is as a creator versus who Brad and Lisa are as readers. Yes. I think we don't want to get too much into that because that is like in the conversation. And then sorry, sorry. and then we can decide in the outro if we embarrass ourselves or not <laughs> okay. with how like <laughs> emphatic we are. I think the last bit of context we need going into this conversation is a better understanding who Julie is and who Julie was as an artist before Stan. Absolutely. She was raising her family, and then she also taught art classes and private art lessons and community classes. And she also was a designer and creator for the craft industry. She did, like, T-shirt designs and that sort of thing. So before working with Stan, she had never done sequential art before, and she had certainly never done anything to the scope of Chibi Usagi. And I love their conversation of how they had to have like a meeting of the minds of how can Julie still represent where she's coming from and represent her style as an artist in a sequential format. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. I, I think I think we've done enough setup for this conversation with Julie and Stan. I hope everyone listening really enjoys it. I know everyone listening is really going to enjoy it because this conversation doesn't exist in many places anywhere else. Yeah, we're uh, totally spoiled. It's, yeah, we're very, very spoiled. So on that note, let's jump into our chat with Julie and Stan Sakai. Stan and Julie, welcome to Comic Book Couples Counseling. Hello. Well, thank Hi. you. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you again. And nice to officially have Julie on the podcast. This is a real treat. Well, when you said couples counseling, I thought, oh, I guess I should be here. <laughs> oh, the surprise is that you are counseling us. Yes, yes. So. Oh, oh <laughs> um, wow. I would love to start with the shared signature that you have created as a, a creative couple. It's so important when you're in a relationship or a partnership that it creates this like third identity mm. and and you have a signature that manifests that, that represents mm -hmm. that. So I want you to talk a little bit about creating that signature and when you put that signature on a piece of art or on a story, what does that mean for you? Well, you mean just Sakai? Yeah. It's, we're both Sakai and just J-U-S-T, Julie, J-U from Julie, S-T from Stan, and we get just Sakai. I know, I love that so much. When and you it's put very it, appropriate. It is, it is. <laughs> when you have another collaborator, you don't always, you don't always create a signature with them. So what inspired creating this signature and using it for the both of you? I think because when we're, because I do the chibi work, mm -hmm. um, Stan's, I'm obviously ripping him off. So. <laughs> no. So I thought that would be nice of me <laughs> to include him. But actually, we're, I was trying to have Stan's uh, letters, initials, or show his name first, but it just didn't work out. <laughs> so that's why J.U. is first. And these are true collaborations um, with the Chibi uh, stories because we both write the story. Uh, we both do the artwork. And Julie does the lettering. and. Uh, Actually, we have another uh, collaborator in our family, uh, Emmy. Emmy does mm -hmm. the covering for the Chibi stories, also um, for my covers, and uh, the Space Usagi, upcoming Space Usagi uh, series. 
what and, I love about the dedication on the IDW collection of uh, Chibi Usagi is that you know it, you, you dedicate to those that are looking for a collaborative spirit, mm. and you say in that dedication that it is a family affair and like it's such a unique experience lisa and i were talking about this beforehand because you know our idea of stan sakai in our head is he's the cartoonist he's a singular voice but here you are with chibi usagi and now with the dogu imprint you're inviting so many other people into your creative space right actually it was juni that came up with the dedication I had wanted to dedicate my part to Julie, say, you know, because it was a, it was, you know, I've collaborated with other people before, Stan Lee, Serge Aragonez, uh, you know, a bunch of others, but this was my favorite collaboration that it was a lot, a lot of fun. And so I was going to uh, thank Julie for it, but she said, no, you can't do that. <laughs> when you look at all the history of our families and just, just the ideas and it, it's not just from us. So that's why it, it just feels odd to just have our name there. And, and we're just really grateful and thankful that people let us, you know, we'll, we'll buy our things. And, <laughs> and we feel like that's part of that's just the whole mm -hmm. united front is every it every facet of the, the, the process. The process. Yeah. yeah. And it so. won an Eisner. Yeah. Did, yes. Congratulations. And uh, as of this recording, Stan, we saw that you were nominated for a Ringo today, too. So congratulations. Oh, I am? Too. Oh, yes. I yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, you are. Oh. What I'd like to talk about is the origins of your collaborations. You know, you initially, as far as we know, put you like your first creative collaboration was the Peanuts tribute. Well, that came about even before we were married. We're, we're both been widowed. Right. And um, I knew that. Uh, uh, Charles Schultz was one of Julie's big uh, inspirations, yeah, like, and uh, was big influence on her life, on her art career. And when Boom approached me saying, we're doing this 65th anniversary uh, coffee table book about uh, peanuts, my first thought is, oh, you know, maybe Julie and I can work together on this. And it worked out really good. It was a nice, seamless process. Yeah, yeah that's really a, a good um dating tool huh? <laughs> instead of flowers he yeah. allows me to work on <laughs> something like this but even before then you did uh you took out a license oh. to do chibi usagi as a yeah as a t-shirt yeah kids t-shirt and onesies so yeah for chibi time um yeah back then it was creating me. me yeah it was, it was my my company Julie, I know that you uh, have your background in education and I love, I also am an educator. So I, I'm a musician. So I, I love talking to fellow educators because they articulate so well, like how art and artistry has functioned in their lives. And I love how you've used it as like an opportunity to connect with people and, and to connect with members of your family and connect with Stan. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about like your art philosophy and then Stan, if there's something that you have learned about art from working with Julie. So I guess my, I've heard that kids stop drawing about from seven to 10 years of age. And it's usually caused by peer pressure and looking at somebody else's artwork and thinking, I, mine's not good enough. So 
my philosophy is that there's no mistakes mm -hmm. and um, to always encourage and never point out um, what I think is an error. There was one, I was teaching a mommy and me class. So I have it where the moms are off to the side and I would teach the kids. And this one little girl was putting stickers on her drawing and she was just putting them all over the place. And I just thought that was so cute. And then the mom came up and said, no, they need to be in a line. Oh, so she no. took the stickers off and started putting them in a line. And before I could slap her. <laughs> so then I just like said, oh, that's okay. Let her, let her do her own artwork. But it, I just saw the, her demeanor, the, the little girl's mm. demeanor. She just like, it just, it was devastating. So I just really want to make sure that a child's spirit is celebrated mm -hmm. and and just let them go yeah mm -hmm. they yeah. use their imaginations yeah. and creativity i'm sure you do that with music mm -hmm. i mean yeah yeah well like it is the same thing with singing where children are are taught not to sing if they're just like not talents like right from the beginning and i i always compare it to math like you know, no, you don't get to say, oh, my child doesn't math. But for some reason, it's like my child doesn't make music. It's just like a, or my child doesn't draw or doesn't do art just becomes right, like right. this regular thing to say. And and your family shows like art is so important is how we understand each other. Yeah, we've done like visited classrooms. And one of these segments we did was um, like we do a little squiggle on a sheets of paper, big, big sheets of paper. And they would ask kids what can you see in there and mm. some of the answers were great the one i did one squiggle and they said, oh that's a gorilla jumping out of an airplane so i turned that into a gorilla jumping out of the airplane and another kid's yeah and there's spikes at the bottom so i just draw spikes at the bottom <laughs> it was great yeah but the things that they followed yeah we, we learned from them yeah and yeah. stan i want to get back to the question of have you learned something in your collaboration with Julie that that you now adopt into your own process outside um, of that collaboration? Yeah, I'm always learning from her. Uh, her process is very different <laughs> from my process, uh, such as for this uh, Chibisagi book. Um, she's not used to sequential storytelling. So I roughed out the story and I wrote the dialogue on there and she pretty much erased everything. And then drew it herself and the lettering and everything. Uh, she just wrote it down. She did the lettering. People had commented, oh, you, I love the, your uh, your lettering on Chibi. It's no, Chibi did it. <laughs> and she doesn't use lines or anything, whereas I would do the guidelines. <laughs> but she, she would just draw it on, write it on. And I thought her, her process is just amazing. Well, I think it's, yeah, uh, I just say that it's whimsical because I I can't draw like he did like perspectives <laughs> and he just does everything perfectly. So if I'm doing it whimsical, then that's my way of saying <laughs> that I can draw. <laughs> and when I started drawing the chibi character, she's like, that's not how you draw chibi. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> or chibi usagi. That's not chibi usagi. So, oh, so I had to learn how to draw chibi usagi from her. <laughs> well. Our styles just are, very, yeah, very different, We're but they mesh different. together. Yeah, the uh, the books, the chibi books. That let me, yeah, Aww. Julie also designed this. She 
uh, made the prototype and everything. Yeah, so uh, cute, gorgeous. I yeah. love how the ears are like like this, <laughs> like so, like this. It's so cute. And look at this is new. Julia yeah. gave this. She designed it. She uh, yeah. This will be uh, premiering at Comic Con. This uh, oh, cheap yeah. goes along with Chibusagi. Okay, well, those are going to end up here. Yeah, now we got to get them there. We got to get them. <laughs> yeah, it's not just uh, the uh, drawing, but also she uh, does the toys. Uh, she also designed T-shirts. Yeah, so, so she's cute. It's talented. a whole universe. Like the Chibi yeah. Usagi is just this other universe that's just uh, you know running parallel. I uh, would say it is part of the blossoming. Usagi Yojimbo multiverse, is it mm -hmm. not? Because we've got Sento as well, and we're like still figuring out where exactly does Space Usagi yeah, fit in. Space but Usagi, yeah. 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 Was a multiverse something that you saw for your characters? Well, I had Usagi in different timelines, uh, different different er eras of um history. There was even a Pulp Usagi that I toyed with, uh, much like the Pulp uh, characters from the old uh, uh, Shadow or the the Whisperer or all those. So I had a Pulp Usagi who lived in the 1920s or 1930s, actually, mm. but I'd never developed it. I also had a contemporary descendant of Usagi who she was a, a female reporter and now it's, I think it's going to change to just a novelist but uh, mm. I had Usagi in different time periods and Space Usagi was one that I developed that was in in the future. Brad and I also collaborate a lot and then mm -hmm. when we're when our love tanks are full and we're feeling great, you know, we say, oh, our different styles are complimentary. Like, cause like I am a control freak and Brad is like, like it just happens kind of guy. When we're both a little bit feeling a little bit low, we get at odds with each other sometimes, <laughs> both creatively, but then of course it becomes maritally. Like, do you find that in your partnership or is it all just um, sunshine and rainbows all the time? <laughs> Which one of us is the control freak? I don't, I don't think we, either yeah. of us are. Because we're so different, yeah. but I think it helps to have a sense of humor yeah. or or you call bullying. <laughs> 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 but yeah, and yeah, Stan is so different in the way that he lives his life because I feel like he it's so structured and he knows, I mean, he plans everything. So I'm felt, disciplined. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> but he he lives in a different world I feel because he's if he's not at the drawing board he's thinking so he's constantly even in his sleep he, he's thinking <laughs> you know so that's true yeah. sometimes I'd wake up and say I've got the story figured or yeah. there's a plot point that I couldn't resolve and then after when I get up so, oh I know what to do. Yeah. yeah but anyway, so, I'm sorry. Oh I no. So it's just it's really unique. So I I don't think we really butt heads because we're kind of butt heads. So <laughs> <laughs> no butt heads. <laughs> <laughs> we're just so different in in the way we operate. And the Dogu imprint feels like an evolution of that collaboration. You know, it it it's such an event as a reader, like, oh. Dogu, Dark Horse. Oh, this is exciting. And now you're bringing in other types of stories, other types of storytellers under that imprint. Uh, how did we get to this point? Well, that's something that evolved uh, over a period of time. Like you said, we do have different um, IPs. Well, very similar, but uh, different, such as 
Usagi, Space Usagi, Chibi Usagi. And we thought, oh, maybe they can be put under one banner. And when we talked to Dark Horse, uh, they said, sure, we've they've done it before. And um, with that, uh, with our own imprint, we can also bring other creators uh, into into uh, under our, our banner as well. There's a few projects uh, we're talking about now. One that's already on the books, uh, which is Oni Ronin. Things that we want to do by creators that we're acquainted with. And the thing is, uh, it's not just me. It's Daniel, uh, our uh, Julie's uh, son, as well as his uh, business partner, Jerry. Uh, Jerry Blank was the uh, it was uh, one of Stanley's uh, in Stanley's camp for a while, but um, yeah, it's uh, so we have a board that kind of discusses what to do, the direction of uh, where Dogu is going. And Emmy, my daughter, keeps us all in line. Yeah, <laughs> it's really it is a family yeah. affair. Yeah, um, I had never heard of a Dogu before Chibi Usagi. And I love the like the meaning of the dogu in that context where by asking for help, mm-hmm. he became stronger as an individual and strong enough to like go up and face his enemy, the King Salamander. Is that symbolism that I found in Chibi Usagi? Is that what informed you picking dogu, the dogu, as your imprint title? Was it Daniel? Yeah, Daniel is really into Japanese history and he realized that dogu was like a prehistoric or yeah prehistory yeah um clay doll and so he thought wow that's like the first um what are they called collectibles yeah like an action figure yeah yeah Yeah. so he thought that would be a perfect name for the company because they because we also have dogu productions which creates Mm -hmm. is it the the toys yeah Mm -hmm. so that's how that came about and it was also um just a a celebration of one of my aunts who passed away and she daniel had thought of the name dogu and at the very same time i was cleaning out her house and um she had gone to japan on a on a trip and i looked at her photo album and she had um a little tourist thing that said dogu Mm -hmm. So we're like, wow, that's that's pretty crazy. (laughs) Synchronicity. Yeah. So what inspired using a dogu in Chibi Usagi? I don't know. Why did we do that? Was it (laughs) Daniel? So you should put a dogu. And they still do not know what the dogu was using. It was a toy, whether it was a religious uh, type of uh, figure or anything. I think when we were brainstorming, we were just thinking of different ideas. And then we thought of, of dogu. Yeah. And where it came from. And it works so well for us as readers and as fans because there's that sense of mystery, you know, uh, mm-hmm. unknowability. It allows uh, you to shape it to your philosophies, your storytelling ideas. Uh, it, like it, it just it fits so well. That story came about really, really smoothly. Yeah. Except I wanted to end the story sooner. But then you said, no, they have to be a big, nice resolution at the very end. So the ending was really yours. But so we worked together really smoothly. And Emmy, of course, did the wonderful coloring. And yeah, it, it, Daniel did the uh, negotiations for us for with IDW. And yeah, it is really a family affair. I just really like it when families read it together yeah. or, you know, even adults. It's, it's encouraging to 
us to hear your reaction mm -hmm. because it just helps us to start thinking again mm -hmm. of the next one and what to add to it. And mm -hmm. yeah. We've so been talking you. about uh, the next story because we do want to get do another story. Oh, good. Okay. And uh, yeah, we've been tossing around ideas. So it's, mm -hmm. it's fun. Finding time to actually work on it. Mm -hmm. It does read like a, like a primer of how to read comics and what comic stories are like kind of is a beautiful mirror to an adult Usagi story where it's like Chibi Usagi and his friends had a plan for what their day was going to look like <laughs> but then someone needed help and by helping that person they they learned this like beautiful moral lesson and it actually like broadens their horizon that's another friend that they're going to be able to access down down the road and i love the idea of going like here's your training wheels to you know to this universe that you get to enjoy for your entire adult life i think it's mm -hmm. i think it's really beautiful thank you well, thank you for that maybe i should read it you should <laughs> you should and we it's uh, and we good. it's pretty good and you know i've given it to all of my nibblings and my little, oh. my, my siblings, kids, we are child-free. Um, oh. But, um, and, and uh, we love having something that we love so much and can also share with them. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. So your collaborations are music? No, no, we do. We just do the podcast together. Our, our, oh, nice. We have started discussing doing comics on our own, uh, but, but we've, we've started it. And that's where like the challenges of like ideas come together and you're like, we have to uh, compromise and and um, you know work 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 out our different styles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're like the little children, Julie. Like we're still like very vulnerable. And if someone <laughs> puts our stickers in a row, we get really bent out of shape. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. We're in such an exciting time for all things. Uh, well, now I'll say all things Dogu Publishing. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it, it's. You've got a lot going on. You're bringing in other creators, like we said. And we have a new uh, story about the launch over at Dark Horse Comics. Where do you feel like Usagi is going? Not necessarily the character, but the franchise. The franchise? Hmm. hmm. Well, for my part, I'm happy with just working on the comics. <laughs> but uh, Daniel is in... Daniel and Jerry is are pretty much uh, determined to expand the uh, franchise and the uh, people's awareness of Usagi. When, when Daniel was about five years old, um, we, we exposed him to his, his comic book. And that was like that and Miyamoto Musashi were his favorite mm -hmm. books. Mm -hmm. and, and whenever a new one would come out, Daniel would be there and he would explain. I mean, he loved Usagi. So when we got married, <laughs> he was just, he really wanted to make sure people knew about Usagi. So he shares, he's the best salesperson mm. because it's totally in his heart yeah. and it's the way he was raised. So that's why it's like, just let him go. And, mm. and that's what he's been doing. And he just loves sharing Usagi. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I feel like I'm the same way. Like Usagi Yojimbo, that's the comic that 
I try to get into as many friends' hands as possible. Oh, thank and you. I love recommending stories. And I love when we get a new number one. So with ice and snow coming out, like I'm ready to recommend to as many people as possible. Yeah. Um, ice and snow, the first issue comes out in September, late September. And I just finished issue five. Oh, so wow. I've got a lot of uh, stories finished in a can. Here's something I this yeah, is, the homage uh, cover. Yeah, that's the cover for the first issue of uh, the new Dark Horse uh, line, and this is based upon the first issue of the original Dark Horse uh, series. And that was just a line drawing. This one here is a uh, uh, watercolors. It's beautiful. Yeah, it, it's a great mirror to that first Dark Horse yeah. comic. Except and now we've got uh, Yukichi in it too. Right, right. And, you know, Lisa and I were talking before getting on, you know, uh, we're in the, we're almost done with where, when. Uh, we have one more issue we have, left. We we just yeah. finished issue four. And I've loved seeing Yukichi and Jotaro hanging out together. Yeah. Although I know Yukichi's not in Senso, so I'm really nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a fun uh, series to do. And uh, I love working with the Turtles. Actually, next year is the Turtles. Ninja, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Usagi's 40th anniversary. So, I mean, we've got to do some, another crossover or something. Yes, please. Yes, and please. Since you mentioned uh, Werwin, the next, the last issue comes out at uh, San Diego Comic Con. That's issue five. And this is the cover for Whoa. the last, uh, at least my uh, last issue for that. It's a wraparound cover with uh, just lots of stuff in it. Absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely really gorgeous. gorgeous. And, you know, I was so... Okay, friends, sorry to interrupt here, but I am about to spoil something regarding where, when, number four. So if you don't want to know anything about that issue or any of its reveals, skip ahead a couple minutes. Pleasantly surprised in the fourth issue when we got our uh, blind uh, swords pig back. Uh -huh, exactly. uh, I was not ever expecting to see him well, this back is a in spoiler, the pages. First of all, this is a spoiler. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I'll uh, put a spoiler warning right before I say that oh, in the okay. audience. So, and, and with a time code to skip. With a time code to skip. But <laughs> I was shocked to see him. And I, since I have you right here, it's been so long since he's been in the book. Why, why bring him back now? I just thought it was a fun thing to do. Even now, I still get people asking, oh, whatever happened to Zato Ino? And so here's a little uh, look at what he's been doing. And, uh, you know, it's it was just fun to draw the character again. He was one of my favorites back in the day. So, you know, it was nice to bring him back. And also, too, because there's so many of my characters, I was just thinking, what more can, who, who else can I put in there? Right. And Ino was at the top of my list. And going into Ice and Snow, coming off of the storyline in The Green Dragon, there's so much narrative uh, hanging out, like getting Yukichi and Jay together for a, a brief mm. moment. And I, you know, I'm just eager to see <laughs> where that continues to go. Since this is coming out after San Diego Comic-Con. Coming out on the last day of San Diego Comic-Con. Okay, well, by then we have also made an announcement that there's, and I think in October, there'll be a one-shot called uh, Usagi Ojimpo Yokai Hunter. Mm. And it introduces a new character. And it's also a, a bridge between Usagi and Space Usagi. 
And oh. the first Space issue, the first Space Society issue comes out in uh, November. And this is a color version of the first black and white uh, series. Oh, man. Oh, Very right. interesting. There we go. There we go. And it That's also exciting. features a beautiful variant cover by Peach Momoko. Oh, it's just yeah. Gorgeous. Uh, Peach Momoka did the uh, Space Usagi variant for you last Comic-Con, or was that yes, WonderCon? Yes, she yeah. did. Stunning, stunning. We're just so thrilled that Usagi Ojimbo's back at Dark Horse Comics. Uh, that's where we first discovered the book when it was with them. You've been around, you know, for a while, 40th anniversary coming up with the character. I feel like everyone who loves comics at some point touches upon Usagi Ojimbo and falls in love with that character. Not the name drop, but we had Gene Lu and Yang on the show uh, oh, yeah. just the other week. And he's a huge fan of your work. Yes. And I love his work. I mean, he's a brilliant cartoonist as well. But he said that if you like comic books, you like Usagi Ojimbo, even <laughs> if you haven't read Usagi Ojimbo yet. So we just need to get Usagi Ojimbo into every comic reader's hands. And they will fall in love. I feel like you always do such a good job of, even though you have this massive cast of characters and Usagi has so much story behind him already, mm -hmm. it feels like with any issue, you can jump in. And as long as you just continue along the journey, you will be able to understand. You always make sure you restate who people are, mm -hmm. restate what the text means. You know, sometimes it can be intimidating to start a new, like, it's like, exactly. oh, the Marvel universe is huge. <laughs> you know what I mean, can oh. I fit another world in my brain? But I, I feel like you, your books are so <laughs> welcoming. I tried to make the soggy very reader friendly mm -hmm. so that you can pick up almost any book. And all you need to know is Usagi is a wandering samurai in 18th or 17th century Japan. And uh, that's all you pretty much need to know. And there are a few tricks I, I do, such as at the beginning of every issue, I always mention his name. Like, oh, my, I, he introduces himself or someone calls him by his full name. I mean, he's a main character, but still I try to, I don't assume that people know who he is. Yeah, yeah, it's a a wonderful philosophy to have, and again, you know, I think it just it, it allows people to jump on board uh, and get excited about Usagi Ojimbo comics. Since we also have Julie here, you know, Chibi Usagi, you've mentioned that we might be getting some more Chibi Usagi comics, and now I'm counting on it. And, and so now we're too. yeah, we're counting, <laughs> we're counting on it. Oh, well, is well, there a question? Yeah. Well, the question is. the question is, is just just promise that we get more Chibi Usagi <laughs> comics. <laughs> I, yeah, that, that's our plan. As <laughs> we, long as, um, yeah, your schedule. Yeah, we have to keep Julie busy. Yes. Yeah, there's always something. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us oh, and uh, putting up with our uh, fanish questions and our delight. It really does mean the world to us to have you both here on the podcast today. Well, you, both of you are very welcoming and it feels so relaxed. <laughs> Oh, so thank, thank you. you. Oh, thank I should also mention our website. Oh, please. It's stansakai.com. It's very simple. And uh, this is the year of the rabbit, uh, 2023. And we have been, yes, oh. <laughs> wow. we have been putting up uh, special limited merchandise every month. It yeah. could be a t-shirt. It could be one of those notebooks or mugs or something. But uh, next year, the 40th anniversary, we hope to do something really special. Oh, we're 
we're so excited. We visit stansakai.com routinely and order from stansakai.com routinely. Oh, oh thank uh, you. Thank no, you so no. much. No, thank you. Thank you. And we're so excited to uh, see you at Comic-Con. Uh, we'll be there all weekend long. We'll certainly come by and uh, oh. we're, we're going to need some comics signed. Well, wonderful. that's wonderful. Thank you. So you're, you're flying in? Yep. yep. Flying in. We fly in Tuesday and we leave Wednesday. We're kind of making a whole vacation out of it. Wow. Wonderful. Okay. Yeah, yeah, drop by and... Please do, yes. Yeah. Thank okay, you so thank much. You. I tried really hard to get some spoilers out of Stan on Mike. He just wasn't going to give it to us. He is too well practiced. <laughs> but he so clearly loves doing Usagi Yojimbo. You know, there are a few points in that conversation where Stan's like, whatever, whatever is going on outside of the comic book that I'm working on, fine, that's good, that's great. I hope the franchise expands and all that. Is Whatever... It, whatever it takes for me to keep me chained to my drawing table, <laughs> making Usagi Ojimbo comics, he is happy with. And, you know, there are not too many cartoonists out there like Stan Sakai who have been working on one story since 1984. Next year, the 40th anniversary of Usagi Ojimbo and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know? Yeah, yeah. For so long, Stan Sakai has been doing the whole thing, making the comic promoting the character, making all of those connections. And I love that now he has this supportive family, which includes Daniel, who turns out to be this insane Stan Sakai super fan, who's now made it his personal mission to raise awareness of this totally amazing, influential, inspirational character. And you can feel it right now in this year of the rabbit. Mm. Usagi Yojimbo is going to pop again. This is a chance with this new number one and these new collaborators and the Dogu Publishing imprint, that awareness is going to expand, which in some ways, uh, for longtime comic book readers like ourselves, that seems silly because Usagi Ujimbo has been ever present. But there are more readers ready for Usagi Ujimbo. He can find new people that, that can fall in love with him. If there was like one thing I want people who are not yet reading Usagi Yojimbo to know is that you can literally start anywhere. Right, right, right. Uh, Snow and Ice, number one, is a great place to start. The Where When series that just wrapped up with issue five is a great place to start. The Grass Cutter volume, where yeah. I started, yeah. a great place to start. Yep, yep. Just find a trade, pick it up and start reading and then go back in time. I mean, that's that's what both of us did. Yeah. Yeah. So while Stan did not answer all of our probing questions about the future of his characters, he did tease a lot, right? And we've got, you know, new plushies at San Diego Comic-Con. Gotta get please, that Tokage. Please visit the Stan Sakai website. Uh, that's where you can get that Year of the Rabbit journal that I held up during the conversation. <laughs> uh, there's so much there uh, to, uh, you know, round out your obsession. If you've got a young reader in your life. Uh, Usagi Ojimbo as a series is a pretty all-ages comic. I mean, yes. Except for all of the mass murdering. <laughs> like, there's a lot of death. But it's it's a clean, it's a clean kind of death, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I guess because it's black and white, you don't <laughs> I, see I all of the gore. I remember, like, 20 years ago, I think it was Wizard Magazine, did this illustration where it showed 
certain comic book characters standing on a pile oh, yes. of bodies, the amount of people that they kill in comics. And so there's like, you know, Superman, uh, you know, not standing on too many corpses. Then there's like, um, let me think of somebody, you know, the Ninja Turtles, they're standing on bodies. And then there's Hellboy. He's standing on a big pile of bodies. You know, Marv from Sin City, he's standing on a pile of bodies. And then there's Usagi Ojima or Miyamoto <laughs> Usagi standing on this mountain of corpses because, yes, a lot of people do die in Usagi Ojima comics. But at the same time, I do feel super comfortable giving these comics to younger readers sure, maybe not, not like babies the babies <laughs> i'll give chibi usagi but you know I, I think you know 10 years old you're good to read usagi ojimbo uh, why not depends on the kid maybe yeah perhaps we're not parents as <laughs> we proudly proclaim to julian stan do you know whom i'd like to compare piles of bodies oh yes who? miyamoto usagi and ethan hunt <laughs> <laughs> call back to our Adrian Tomini conversation. Yes, yes. Do you know what we can call back to? What's that? Our conversation with... Chris Condon and Jacob Phillips, because it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't. It's happened for you guys. Hasn't <laughs> but, happened for us. Uh, but Monday, we're doing that interview with Chris Condon and Jacob Phillips on Monday, the day before we fly to San Diego Comic-Con, which is your past, but in our future. And I'm <laughs> sure it went great. And you've already listened to that conversation. Please go to the show notes and hit all those links to our San Diego Comic-Con International conversations. Uh, celebrate them with your friends. Share them with strangers. Put them on your social media feeds. Tell us we've done a good job. We need those kind words of affirmation, please, because, oh, my goodness, it's uh, it's been a lot this past uh, week and a half putting this whole thing together. This has been one of the biggest projects that Lisa and I have committed to. And uh, I don't know if we'll ever see something like this again. I don't know. I'm pretty damn proud. Okay, good. good, I th good. You know, everything looks easier in hindsight. I'm super <laughs> proud. I'm super proud. Uh, but it was... We are standing atop a, a pile of podcast bodies. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we haven't even started editing yet, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> That's your problem. Oh, that is indeed. So the next Comic Book Couples Counseling episode will be our collection, and it might be a couple episodes, a, a collection of in-person conversations that we had at San Diego Comic-Con. Who they were, we're not saying yet, but stay tuned. Pay attention to our social media feed. Follow us on all the socials. We're on Twitter. We're on Thread. We're on Hive. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Not on TikTok yet. Follow the hashtag CBCC at SDCC and you'll see all the wonderful things that we've been up to, all the creators we've been talking about. And I'm sure we've already spoiled who the guests on our next couple of episodes are going to be. And hopefully, <laughs> there's that word, hopefully they, they're major guests. Yeah. Okay, Brad, it's time for another San Diego Comic-Con tradition. Hmm. Where, as they're announcing for everyone to get out of the exhibit hall, we gather all of our con fam and we take a picture of us all looking sad oh. that San Diego Comic Con yeah, is, is over. This is my frowning sound. Yeah. yeah. Comic Con's over until next year. Until yeah. next year. And actually, we're going to be at New York Comic Con this year. We're going to be at Baltimore Comic Con as well. Just we're going to be at SBX. We're going to be at SBX. Yeah. Just got our press accreditation, accreditation for all of those. So, yay. And, Comic and, and Time Turners. <laughs> yeah. And Time Turners. Because SBX and Baltimore are the same weekend this year. 
Where can our listeners <laughs> send their words of affirmation to you, Brad? You can find me on most social medias at MouthDork. If you have some words of affirmation for our logo, you can send them to Aaron Prescott at A Cool Hand Fluke. And if you have some words of affirmation for our radical banner art and show posters, send them to Karen Charm at Karen underscore X-Men fan. Lisa, where can our listeners send their words of affirmation to you? <laughs> Lisa. Yes. Where can our listeners send their words of affirmation? Oh, my goodness. Lisa. Yes. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Lisa, where can our listeners send their words of affirmation to you? I am always accepting words of affirmation at Sidewalk Siren on Instagram, Twitter, and Blue Sky. If you'd like to spend more quality time with us, you can subscribe to us on Podbean, YouTube, Google, and Apple Podcasts. And Stitcher for like a month. Yeah. Yeah, Brad's really, really sad about it. It's just that Stitcher was my go-to app. It I know. It was my go-to app. I think I'm the only person on the on the planet who uses something called pod cruncher and it is being doing just fine. I'm going to have to get on pod cruncher or maybe good pods. One of those. If you'd like to get exclusive, you can join our Patreon where you'll get more content, including weekly bonus episodes. If you'd like to reach out and touch us electronically, you can email the podcast, cbccpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website, comicbookcouplescounseling.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, threads, hive. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, Facebook at CBCC podcast. You can give us the gift of five stars on Apple podcasts. And if you'd like to do an act of service, why not write a review of the show while you're there? Yes, please. We are fluent and receptive in all five love languages. It really warms our hearts and helps the pod. So until next time, friends, keep your love tank full. Of course, when I really want a big, like, bolt of thunder and lightning, <laughs> it's, not, it's happening. not gonna happen. Not happening. And your psychic rapport, still not happening. Nope. Open! Doopy doopy! <laughs>